Greetings, warrior. Your training begins now. Join J-Rum and Mission as they teach the ways of combat, teach the ways of the blade, and teach the ways to harness your magic. This will test your mind, your body, and your soul. Can you survive? Oh boy, welcome back folks. We are back with a full house again tonight. We've got Mission Mayhem. How you doing, Mission? Uh, I am doing just fine. And Dandy, brother, how are you? I'm not too bad, not too bad at all. Uh, we've also got Grim. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I cannot complain at all. Awesome. Well, today we're going to be talking about the Magicka Ward. And yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit about mid-year mayhem that's going on right this second. So, you folks better get out there and get some good AP, good extra experience for enemy player kills, and we're going to talk all about that. Um, but first, uh, what, what's been going on with everybody? Mission, what's been going on with you? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, you know, I'm kind of... Uh... I'm kind of honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of event burned out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was I was actually looking really forward to having two events this month, and it happened. And I'm like, okay, can these events be over now? I, I want to get back into doing trials and whatnot. Um, but I will say that um, I still am enjoying my Magblade, dude. Like. I had I had like two or three days where I was I was doubting my mag blade a little bit. Um, and what do you mean? Well, I just in a sense I kind of got bored-ish, but it wasn't it wasn't really me getting bored. It was a little discouragement because, well, as you know, Jay Rumble, when we were on console last patch, I. DPS-wise, I was in that top 5% of DPS. And, dude, I am struggling this patch. Um, both my Stam and my Mag characters are... I can only I can only get them to 62k on the Trial Dummy. And it's, uh, it's a little discouraging for me, especially since I'm coming from hitting 90. Yeah. Um, so I thought maybe if I swapped classes, if I started playing something a little different, maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe I, maybe I could hit those higher numbers. But I just playstyle-wise, dude, Magblade is it's my home. It's where I'm really enjoying, um, especially since I kind of figured out a um, a little not really build. It's it's the same particular. It's the same build, you know. Uh, perfected some false gods with Mother Sorrow, but just a little, uh, a little bar or ability difference, you know, throwing, um, throwing like necrotic orb on my bar just to help with the AOE damage, and it actually helps quite a bit. Um, that ability is overlooked, that necrotic orb. Yeah. Um, 
because as a mag blade, everybody that anybody that's been playing the game for a little bit knows mag blades are super super single target. Um, yep. Their AOE damage just it's not there. Isn't all that impressive. Yeah. Um, but throwing that necrotic orb on there, um, it it actually bumps me up. Uh, oh most yeah. Most time I can see how that would definitely most, help. Oh yeah, yeah. In most dungeons, and plus I'm wearing when I'm in my my quote-unquote AOE setup, I'm wearing Grothdar instead of Scoria or Zons. Um, so I'm getting ad pulls, I'm getting closer to that like 46 to 49% of the DPS on ad pulls. Uh, nice. But, you know, for PvP, I love the Magblade. Like, there's, I have, <laughs> I've been playing with Grim, and I've been playing, you know, me and you have done our BGs. I've played multiple classes, and, um, and nothing just nothing flows with me as well as the Magblade. Uh, I like the in and out. I'm not I'm not a ganker necessarily, but if you play if you play a Nightblade that is not a brawler style, whether it is Mag or Stam, you still have that gank aspect about the build and the playstyle because we are you know. Us Nightblades, we are just kind of naturally squishy. We don't have the shields that a lot of classes do. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I've just been trying to... Actually, I've been trying to get my perfect with Lucastis. Uh Ran a Vest Sunspire today that ended in a miserable fail. Um, we had a couple tanks in there that just, they just couldn't survive. The DPS was a little low. Um, actually, we were... We got to the we got to the ice dragon, and on that boss, I was doing I think 19 and a half percent of the DPS, which isn't incredibly high, but it is higher than what I should be doing. I should only be doing around 11 to 12 percent. Hmm. But other than that, man, same old shit, you know. Roots, trying to find stuff to do. Yep, I hear you there, Grandma. What are you? What have you been up to in game? I have been doing nothing but living in Cyrodiil for four plus days straight, and <laughs> I got myself Emp on Saturday for the first time on PC. So. Congratulations! So that was a blast. Man. So it's been awesome. a very productive. Grim are actually in game right now in Cyrodiil right now. Yep, we are just uh, messing around. Yeah, we're actually trying to get uh, our brother from another podcast, <laughs> uh, Cash. From the Lore Seekers podcast, we're trying to get his emperor. Yep, and he is most likely going to get it if we play our cards right. He will be in second when a couple of us drop out for him because we've already got it for us. So. Uh, good, perfect. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What else you been up to, man? Oops, say it again. So, what else you been up to? Uh, nothing much other than that. Just really grinding on my Stam DK because they're so strong in this patch. That's where I got my Emp on. Um, other than that, just been leading a lot of Lore Seeker groups because they've been they've been really hard or pushing really hard for Emp on all of them. So it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, I've yeah, I've been running with you here and there too. Uh, I'm having a great time. Yep, uh, Grim, you are definitely one of the better Cyrodiil leaders that I've ran with. Yeah, oh, thank you're you, sir. very good thank with you, coordination. Very good with direction. Yep, and very patient. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, that's a big thing if you're very patient. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh, too close. Yep, you do a good job. Um, 
Thank you guys. Yeah, honestly, I do attribute it to Lore Seekers, even though normally they are a PVE content group, but they have all changed their gears really well. And honestly, they listen so well. Leading them as a group is really enjoyable compared to like when I was on Xbox. Uh, calls are just instant. They react really well. Just solid players. I've been very impressed with how much they've learned how quickly. I was just talking to Cash about that the other day. Um, because him and Jibs missed when we amped uh, Joe from the Lore Seekers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was telling Cash, you know, the Lore Seekers, like Grim is saying, they are PvE. And they're not they're not like any game PvEers. Um, a lot of them roleplay. A lot of them play this game casually. Yep. Um, there's a lot of them that aren't the mid-max type. They just they play this game because they love it. Yep, yep. Um, and to see... To see them turn around and take direction, like everyone's saying, they listen, they 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 take direction very well. Mm -hmm. And when we empty Joe, it's not like we it's not like the campaign was dead. We we ran into some resistance, and we actually ran into four streamers, yeah. four PVP streamers. Yeah, we did. Yep. And I'll tell you what, man, the lore seekers, they freaking hiked up their pants and they wrecked house. Yeah, they did. Yep, I agree completely. I mean, we had, like, Grim, I, I remember the, the, the most, the best position that we got, that I, or that's not even the right way to say it, the best scenario that, that we ran into that I was just like, holy shit, this was amazing, mm -hmm. was we had a huge imp, or a huge, uh, EP Zerg come in on us. We were we were in the middle of capturing a keep, mm -hmm. and this EP uh, Zerg pushed in from behind us. Mm -hmm. And Grim told all of us, you know, drop siege, turn around, start fighting back. But he told us to hold our position. And then we're all do, we're all sitting there doing our thing. You know, heels are going down, reses are going up. We're you know putting a lot of pressure on these EP guys. And then out of nowhere, they start scattering a little bit. And at that moment, Grim's like, "Now everybody push." And dude, it was, it was like, freaking, the Spartans in the movie 300. Like, <laughs> we all just lined up and just started shoving these guys back, and we just kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and finally they got towards the tree line, and Grim made the call out. As soon as they get in the trees, turn around, get right back to that keep, and every single person in that group did exactly what was said. Mm -hmm. We got them to the tree line. They tried to, they they were trying to line aside us, yep. and wasn't happening all of us just 180 right back to the keep and we ended up capping that keep and i was like holy shit that's the best coordination i've ever seen in seardale <laughs> oh yeah they did phenomenal the fact that they were able to just you know hold because most people you know when you get start getting picked at or someone's picking at you it's it's genuinely annoying you're just like ugh, let's i want to go kill them real quick you know so having yeah. that restraint listening well taking that direction knowing when to push them out and then go back to task yeah phenomenal work from them yeah, absolutely. But yeah, uh, so um, like Jay Rome was saying, today on, or this week on this show, um, well actually before we get into that, so we actually, I tweeted out um, on the Brothers of Tamriel uh, account that we were going to give you guys two episodes this week. Well, we did sort of. Um, well, this kind of counts as the second one. This, well, yeah, this, this kind of counts. Um, so, we recorded an episode the other day. Uh, we went over the Stam DK because that is 
technically what is supposed to be um, the next thing that we cover, um, but we have a special guest for that one, and we recorded it, but somehow, some way, we lost a track. Yep, um, one of the tracks got lost, so we had a little bit of technical difficulties, and we're going to have to re-record the episode, which is no problem at all, but we'll definitely get that out as soon as possible. Yep, yeah, so we do apologize. Um, and with that being said, we do have a show for you this week. Um, like Jerem said, we're going to cover the, the Mag Warden. Um, we're going to touch on some news. Uh, we're going to do our normal PvE and PvP, well, our new normal PvP uh, setup for the Mag Warden. And the last but not least, we will close the show out with my most hated dungeon in this game. And most of you that have been listening long enough know that I absolutely love dungeons, but this one is the bane of my existence, and that would be Arx Kerenayam. I hate that dungeon. I don't know why, but I just don't like it. But before we get on to that, we're going to play a little fun game called Have You Met Grim? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, as you all know, Grim is our new uh, co-host. Um, he is now part of the Brothers of Tamriel family. And we don't know jack shit about him. Yeah. So we're going to take a few minutes real quick before we actually dive into the show and we're going to get to know Grim. Yeah. Uh, so... Absolutely. Fire away, man. I will ask the first question. Yeah, right. Grim, mm-hmm. what do you do for a living, IRL? <laughs> so, and I'm not going to lie, my job is hard to explain, so I spent probably a good half of this day getting ready for that question. So, my original title was case manager, but due to state regs it has now switched to team coordinator. Um, but what I do is I work with um, adults and kids with severe mental and physical disabilities um, along with behaviors and we're what's called a transitional service so we help people uh, that have you know different disabilities or struggles or behaviors learn new life skills coping skills and job skills to get them to be as independent and successful in their lives as they want to be and can be Um, and then the goal is eventually that they actually don't need us at all anymore so we can eventually get people to be completely dependent oh that's awesome huh I did not know that's what you did. Yes, sir. And very fun, very rewarding. I have been everything you can think of. I've had chairs thrown at me, every bodily fluid thrown at me, you know, tables oh, thrown no. at me. All kinds of fun, exciting stuff. But at the end of the day, I have also had, I think, five different high school students graduate who said they were never going to be able to, and adults that never thought they would get out of like the system, um, completely living on their own and happy with families. So, wow. super worth it. That's, that's, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, for some reason I thought you were, like, in HR. Oh, <laughs> no. Well, because I, I say human resources is kind of my job because technically, you know, human resources is, you know, there is that hiring aspect, but everybody that does kind of, like, special needs disabilities or stuff, that's also considered human resource. So it's, that is a common confusion we get. And I get oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I got that. Yep, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, j you got any questions for him? Um, yeah, so we're... Where at in Elder Scrolls did you begin your journey? Did you did you play uh, any of the single player games, or what was your first oh, Elder oh. Scrolls experience? For me, it was back when I first started trying out Oblivion. Me and my best friend Jimmy, um, we actually walked used to walk down to Blockbuster all the time, and we'd rent these games. 
and the first thing I saw was, huh, Oblivion. You can make your own character, have your own life, and live your own life, and do all this cool stuff. I'm like, alright. And it was all downhill from there. I've never left. <laughs> awesome. See, I started in Morrowind. I started playing that. There is so much you could do in Morrowind that, that they changed. I think that's where I started as well. Oh, it was it, that was my favorite Elder Scrolls game, hands down. Mm. Mine was, yeah, mine still is Skyrim to this day. Uh, oh, I've I logged so many hours into Skyrim, but yeah, I know you did. Morrowind is just nostalgia. It's it just has yeah. nostalgia written all over. it. For me, yeah, it so, was definitely... Yeah, I was just going to ask, yep. Grim, what was, which one was your favorite? It's a very hard tie between uh, Skyrim and Oblivion. I would probably say Oblivion, just because that was the one that captured my heart the first time, and I mean, I play that game so much. Yep. <laughs> like, 20, okay, 30 so characters. moving into ESO. Yes, sir. What... Uh, a question I want to ask here. Wow. Oh, this is a good one. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite thing about ESO? Mm, that's a really tough question because I pretty much love almost every aspect of this game. I think they do a phenomenal job on all parties. But personally, as you probably know, considering the segment I cover, is definitely the player versus player. I think it has one of the best MMO combat systems to date, and it's still it just it flows so fast it's got that common mmo you know you got your buttons you got your combos you have your phases for damage and defense you've got your line of sight but the smoothness the speed and the reaction time you can have in it it's just amazing and the static experience like you never know every fight with another player is going to be different because there's just so many classes and ways to run it the stamina magic amorph different sets that are going to have procs there's just everything is new every time so. Oh, for sure, and including the people. Exactly, and every single person plays different, so I would say the game as a whole, I just love it, um, but as a whole, PvP is definitely my favorite part of this game. Oh, awesome. Well, I probably could have guessed PvP. <laughs> uh, Most <yeah>. likely. <laughs> uh, when did you start playing, Grim? Yeah, so I actually I had to do a little bit of research on that too because so when I first started playing I was like every other person that's never played an MMO I'm like this is gonna be like Skyrim online with friends it's gonna be awesome and as you well know it's not exactly it's the universe but in an MMO so I played it probably for one week didn't like it because I had a false thought of what it was gonna be and didn't play it for almost a year came back into it played it a tiny bit again another really long Blake so realistically, I've probably been playing for three years, maybe two or two and a half to three. I came in oh, kind of nice. late. Came in kind of late, and but as soon as I fell well, in love with it, super late though. Yeah, so it's a reasonable enough time. I'm not like one of the people that started with like when there was veteran ranks one through sixteen, but pretty far back. Mm, that's where me and Jrem started. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never actually made it to veteran rank. Yeah, um, me actually, either. me and uh, our IRL buddy. Mm -hmm. um, we were just talking about this just a couple days ago, and he remembers the level that I came back to Elder Scrolls on, and I was I was level 44. Um, yep. Because I played pre-1 Tamriel, mm -hmm. yeah. and I actually took, what was it, Jerem, like an 18-month break? Yeah, you took a long break, and uh, that's kind of where I started falling in love with PvP. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've been back ever since, uh, religiously. Yeah. Um, now probably the most important question, J-Rum is one of the few lucky souls out there mm -hmm. that this happened for right away. Yep. Grim? Yes. What's your main? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trap question. For me, uh, I have gone through, I would say a couple. I would say my biggest two mains were a Magicka Templar and a Magicka Sork. On console, I had almost a thousand hours of gameplay on my Mag Sork, so I felt confident saying that was my main for a very long time until I needed some change up to keep the game fresh to myself. Um, and then after I came to PC, Magpar was definitely my main for the majority of the content on PC. So. I would say probably okay. a cut between those two, but I do have a person of every character, so like I have a magic and stamina of all of them, because I really like everything in this game. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, out of out of those two, out of those two, Magplar and um, Mag Sword, mm -hmm. do you? Is it like a mutual feeling, like like with me right now? I mean, I, I've been in the game since launch, basically. Mm -hmm. And I just now have a main. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, like, I... Even on days when there's not any, really nothing, there's really not a whole lot going on, I will log on to my Magblade and just run around because I love playing my Magblade. Do you have... Are either one of those characters kind of like that with you where it's more of a... It's more of a personal attachment to the specific character? I would say for me on my Sork back on console, that would be accurate. Since I've switched to PC, I've kind of just been having fun and learning everything. Um, but the one I've played the most, yeah, I would say is the Magpar, probably the closest thing um, to that. But definitely yeah. Sork was always my favorite. Uh, really loved it back in the day before some of the nerfs kept hitting it. Um, and don't get me wrong, some of those nerfs were needed. They were definitely outperforming other classes for a while. but. Uh, yeah, your guys' ridiculous-ass shields. Yeah, the shields was a good nerf. My only struggle is right now, because of this tank meta, I just feel like I can't kill anyone. So I just really had to switch until that gets fixed a little bit, because right yeah. now, like, I could throw down a whole 100k combo, and this stamina case is going to look at me and kind of chuckle to himself. It just gets disheartened. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, that's, uh, so J-Rum, since day one, mm -hmm. he has been a mag sword lover that's that's yep. what he plays mm -hmm. yep, i've I mean, always played mag sword both him and i have made um we've played every class mm -hmm. uh i think i don't know have you have you done as as much as i have where you made because back on console with the guild we ran i actually went through and i made <laughs> i made every single character or every single class both mag and sam mm -hmm for DPS purposes, because I was getting DPS questions a lot from our guildies. Yep, yep. So what I did was I made every single mag and stam class, mm -hmm. and I played them until I could hit at least 30k on the uh, 3 or 6 mil. Nice. That way I could give people a good baseline for rotations and whatnot. Yep. And with J-Rum, I know he's made, I know he's made every class, and he's played every class. But, yeah, I haven't, his I haven't got as far as making in that uh, Magsword. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've always gravitated back to Magsword every single time. Nice. Yeah, for me, I run... So I made a Stamina Magicka of every single character. 
I think 10 of them are now at champion point. Um, and I'll set up every single one of them is always set up for PvP because that's my main thing I like to do. Um, so I've got 9 or 10 out of the. What is it? There's 6 characters, so 2 of each, so 12. I have 10 out of the 12 done. So pretty happy with all of them. Uh, again, all of them are set up for PvP, the Magic and Stand version of every single class. The only two I have left to level up is a Magnecro and a Stamsork. I think that's the only two. And I had a Stamsork on Council. So I was I'm familiar with the class, just not as most as of the most recent. Oh nice. Yeah. Stamsork actually used to be my main back on console. Ooh, nice. Um, before I found my love for the Wardens. Um, mm, Wardens are tell you, but yeah. my uh, back on console Wardens were, that's, Wardens were like Sorks for J-Rum to me. Um, yeah. I had a healer, I had a tank, I had mag, I had stamp um, for DPS, and I just, that's just what I love to play. And the funny thing is, which is a little ironic since today we are covering the Mag Warden. Mm -hmm. I have yet to create a Warden on PC. Really? Huh. <laughs> yep, I have not. I don't know why. Um, so I guess let me rephrase that. I have yet to make one champion. Um, I created a Mag Warden during the uh, uh, Witch Mothers um, deal because um, we had you know we had that double XP. So I was like, and during during that Witch Mothers event, I leveled, uh, I CP'd seven tombs. Nice. Um, yep. And I just, I think I got burnt out on leveling before I got to the Warden. Yeah. Yeah, can't blame me there. Yeah. And I did... Say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we, uh, when we made the swap from console to PC, I was actually right in the middle of Magplar. That was my, I, I hit 90k with mag DK, so I was moving on to the Magplar, seeing if I could hit some, you know, hit some of the ridiculously high numbers with the Magplar. Yep. So when we came to PC, that's where I picked up. I just, I, my very first character on PC was a Magplar. Yep, yeah, same thing. Uh, I did. Just yep. so I could pick up where I left off, mm -hmm. and um, now I'm on a Magblade. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Magblade for PvP is amazing. I really do love this awesome. too, so can't blame me there. Yeah, I like yeah. Magblade. Magblade is they're they're good for both right now. Um, yeah, I haven't messed around with them PvE yet, people, but I've heard they're good. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people um, are talking, or I've, I've heard, let me, I've, I've heard some people say that Magblades have lost their burst because of that, um, and Nightblades or Stamblades, sorry, because Endcap is no longer it's a, it's got a cast time to it now. Yeah, yep. Um, which do, it does it sucks, um, mm -hmm. but. Just like everything else, you know, Sorks getting their nerfs, uh, Wardens getting their nerfs. It's just, it's just a change in playstyle. You just have to adapt to it. Yep. Um, they're still. I've ran into them, especially, especially running with Grim. I've ran into plenty of Stam Blades and plenty of Mag Blades that can still gank the shit out of you. Oh yeah. Yep. Um. But yeah, I mean. We've gotten, a little, we've gotten to know you a little bit better now, I feel. Yeah, yeah. If you got any other questions, um, you're good. If not, we can move on to the next thing. Yeah, I think... I think that's all the questions I have for you. Jerem? Yeah, I think that, that gives people a good foundation of who you are and 
So, we're cool. yeah, so story is mm -hmm. he's a better person than us. Oh, say it again. You both talk at the same time. What was that? Oh, go ahead. What about an ESO career? That's all I heard. Oh, you just oh gave I was us just saying thing. moral of Grimm's story is... Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Perfect, perfect. Anyways. Yeah, yeah so, ahead, uh, anyways, uh, um, yeah. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the mid-year mayhem that's going on right now. Ooh, yes. So, there you go. Everybody better be out there. I've, I've been... Definitely spending some time with Graham and Cyrodiil. I know Mission has you. You have too. We've all been kind of doing our PvP things because we get extra AP and extra XP for enemy player kills. Mm -hmm. So here's uh, here's the deal: fight for glory during the mid-year mayhem PvP event. Clash with your fellow players in Cyrodiil, the Battlegrounds, and Imperial, Imperial City during the Midir Mayhem event, and you'll earn bonus alliance points and exclusive new rewards. Midir Mayhem is back, and the Horns of War bellow once more for from Thursday, January 23rd until Tuesday, February 4th. During this PvP event, you can earn bonus awards rewards, XP, and alliance points by battling your fellow players in the Alliance War, uh, Battlegrounds, and in Imperial City. Here's how you can join the fight. Navigate to the in-game crown store and acquire the free details of the Mid-Year Mayhem quest from the quest starters category. Travel to your faction's main gate in Cyrodiil from the Alliance War menu. Locate the NPC called Predicants Mayra and acquire the quest titled Mid-Year Mayhem. And if you've completed this quest previously, you won't need to do it again. So, that's kind of nice. Um, complete the quest to receive your scroll of Plenial's Ferocity and Plenial's Mid-Year Boon box. Use the scroll to activate a 2-hour 100% buff to Alliance Points earned from PvP activities and XP earned from player kills. So this is really, really nice right now for people out there in Cyrodiil and playing Battlegrounds and the Imperial City. Make sure you're taking full advantage of this. So to ensure you receive your due honors, hang on to the scroll and reuse it during the, during the event period. If you happen to discard it, you can acquire another one from the Predicant Mayra for 100 gold or 100 alliance points. And you can look for her near battleground camps for this purpose also. Keep an eye out for three additional PvP campaigns opening up for the duration of the event. They won't be alliance locked, so that's kind of nice. Um, I know I've been spending some time, some time in Cyrodiil. Uh, I know Mission has and, and Grim. That's kind of where we've been doing most of our hanging out here lately. Yes, sir. Getting yeah, those yeah. rewards. And I've been doing a lot of BGs in here and there. Yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing most is, uh, is BGs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. Very nasty. Yeah, for me, I've just been sticking to that Cedar. Like I said, I was able to get Amp, so I was pretty happy. And every keep is 15k right now, so it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome that you were able to get Amp. Um, I'm really impressed. Now, nah, really good support from the Lore Seekers. They were awesome. So, lay down. Yeah, it was great coordination. Okay. So, during Mid-Year Mayhem, you can earn new collectibles as, as rewards in addition to Mid-Year Victor's Laurel Wreath. The Legion Zero Outfit style pages, the standard bearer emotes, um, and Mid-Year Victor's Laurel Wreath. So, to earn that, you just got to complete the Mid-Year Connoisseur, or the Mayhem Connoisseur achievement, Echo of Millennial's Fury achievement, Hand of the White Strike achievement, Wrath of the White Strike achievement, Plen event, the Scourge achievement, Plenal Line, the Bloody achievement, Plenarif Insurgent achievement, and if you complete all those achievements, you will earn the Mid-Year Victor's Laurel Wreath uh, collectible. So, that's kind of nice. Just a little... Uh... Oh, note that access to the Imperial City DLC game pack is required to earn all of the above achievements. So you, you will need to own that in order to complete those achievements. Colonial's Boons. When you engage in PvP during the Mid-Year Mayhem event, you'll receive Colonial's Mid-Year Boon Boxes in addition to your regular rewards for the Worthy Containers, and as rewards from various PvP daily quests. These dailies include Battleground Quest from Battlemaster Riven, Scouting Battle Warfront and Conquest Missions, Elder Scroll Capture and Recapture Quests, Town Quests and Velastris Bruma Cropsford, Shaden Hall and Chorl, Imperial City Daily Quests, and that requires the Sublime Protector achievement earned by co completing the Imperial City main quest line. So these uh, mid-year boon boxes have a chance to contain the following items transmute crystals alchemy reagents pvp consumables such as repair kits forward camps and siege weapons uh, motif pages for the alliance and akaviri styles style items for your alliance akaviri style items cold harbor siege weapons prismatic runestones books of colonial housing items so, yeah, that's just a little bit about the, uh, the event. Wage war against your fellow players in the Battleground, Cyrodiil, and Imperial City, and you'll be honored with bonus rewards and new collectibles. Whether you're a seasoned campaign veteran or a recruit ready to test your mettle, the Mid-Year Mayhem event is the perfect opportunity to check out ESO's unique PvP action. Are you ready and willing to fight to fight for glory? Let us know on Twitter and uh, actually let us know too at the Brothers of Tamriel podcast at gmail.com. Always send us an email. We're always open. We're listening to you guys. Uh, that pretty much covers Mid-Year Mayhem. 
That's the gist of it. So if you yeah, guys have uh, any questions, uh, get out. Get us up on Twitter too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, moving along from yeah, there. That's what I was just saying. Uh, at brothers, at brothers of Tam, is our Twitter account. Yeah, go ahead and hit us up there too if you have any questions or. You can always check the Elder Scroll official forums too. That's kind of where this information is coming from. So moving on, we have the uh, very cool, what very are we cool. Doing? The oh, yeah. Magic Award today. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, we're going to cover a little bit of PvE side and PvP side. So, I'm just going to cover a little bit of the passives just to let people know what's what with the Magic Warden. And I'll let you guys turn it, I'll turn it over to you guys for your, your thoughts and opinions on PvE and PvE. So, we are in the animal companion skill line for passives here and this is assuming that it's rank 2 the passives are rank 2 so you have all your passives in allocated into uh, the corresponding passive so when one of your animal companions is killed or unsummoned you restore 1260 health and that occurs at an animal companion's rank 18. The next passage is Savage Beast. When you cast an animal companion's ability while you're in combat, you generate four ultimate. This can occur every eight seconds. That's a pretty nice one, nice little ulti gain. Next one is Flourish. Uh, Rank 2 is increase your magicka recovery and stamina recovery by 12% if an animal companion ability is slotted. Uh, next one up is advanced species. That one increases your damage done by 2% for each animal companion ability slotted. So that one just straight up increases your damage. These passives are going to be crucial, so you're definitely going to want them. Moving on, are, uh, do you guys have any thoughts on the Animal Companions uh, skill line as far as passives go? Uh, yeah, um, the Animal Companion skill line is, as far as doing damage, is one of the most important skill or passives that the Warden has. Um, because they, you get increased damage with them. Uh, I believe Animal Companions is where there's some healing involved inside there. Uh, it's very, very, very important line of passives to have if you are a DPS warden, whether you're PvP or PvE. Yep, yeah, and I would agree the same. Um, definitely some strong passes in there for the player versus player environment as well. Pretty much, the warden in general has really good passes, and as we go through, we're going to probably hear a couple, and I'll definitely go over them more when we get into my section. Yeah, definitely. Next up, uh, skill line is the green balance skill line, and the passives for green balance start with Accelerated Growth, 
and again this is assuming that it's rank 2 when you heal yourself or an ally under 40% health with a green balance ability, you gain major mending, increasing your healing done by 25% for 3 seconds. So if you're ever seeing a, a warden uh, go from like 0 health to 100 health, this is kind of why. Because they are gaining major, major mending <laughs> just for being under 40% health. So this is a really, really nice passive. Next one up is Nature's Gift. When you heal an ally with a green balance ability, you gain 250 Magicka or 250 Stamina, whichever resource pool is lower. This effect can occur once every one second. So every single, every second this can occur. That's another really nice one. Next passive up is Emerald Moss. Increases your healing done with green balance abilities by 2% for each green balance ability slotted. And next is maturation. Uh, when you activate a heal on yourself or on an ally, you grant the target minor toughness, increasing their max health by 10% for 20 seconds. That's another really, really nice passive. So, the green balance skill line also is another crucial skill line for the, the ward. Yep, and I would agree as a PV... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, I was just about to move on, but if you got something, you got anything to say about the green balance skill line? Yeah, I was going to say, for people, uh, green balance, that's going to come into the most when you are doing a PvP healer. Super good buffs in there for your full team. What a great utility. So, something very viable nice. to look at. Yep, definitely. And our last skill line up for the magic, well, this is for all wardens, is Winter's Embrace. And the first passive we have is Glacial Presence. Um, this increases the chance of applying the chilled status effect to enemies with Winter's Embrace abilities by 200%. So you're pretty much guaranteed to apply the chilled status effect to your enemies. Um, next, next passive up is Frozen Armor. Increase your physical and spell resistance by 500 for each Winter's Embrace ability slotted. That's a really nice way to beef up your resistance. Uh, next, next, next passive up is Icy Aura. Reduce the effectiveness of snares applied to you by 15%. Um, and next up is Piercing Cold. Increase your magic and frost damage by 10%. Again, another really nice set of passives that we have for the Winter's Embrace skill line. Um, any thoughts on the Winter's Embrace skill line, guys? Winter's Embrace has got a lot of nice uh, those snares removal in general, so the passes, all that extra cold damage, chilled, and all that good stuff is really nice to kind of counteract um, big group play and kind of freeze them in place, so very helpful. Yeah, it's uh, kind of where the um, Warden gets its uh, little bit of tankiness um, as well. Mm -hmm. um, and with those passes, that's where I've always kind of wished, because I love the idea of a warden that 
uses ice damage. Um, and I kind of wish they would introduce that a little bit better. Um, because I just, oh, that'd be so freaking cool to, you know, utilize an ice staff. Utilize those, uh, those shards as an AoE and uh, just so much fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that kind of covers all the passives that we have for the, the Warden. Now we're going to turn it over to Mission for the PvE uh, kind of builds and rotations. What do you got for us, Mission? Alrighty then. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and talk about race options. Um, now, if you are a mid-maxer, you're going to want to go with a high elf. Um, you are going to have a little bit of issue sustaining until you get that rotation down. Um, but in the end, you will do a little bit more DPS than what you would if you were, for example, a Breton. Uh, Bretons are quote-unquote the meta right now just because we're kind of in a sustained limbo at the moment um, and that's pretty much for all uh, all classes and builds right now there are a lot of basically everybody's going with the sustained race just simply because it's it, it is it's very hard to sustain this patch um, they increase the cost of a lot of things, and it, it, it hurts. Um, now, there's one thing that you can do if you want to stay with that mid-max. Um, and it's, it's actually the way that I normally play. Um, so you have these food buffs in the game that you will hear quite a few people refer to as cheese foods. Um, and they both they have both stamina and magicka. And since we're talking magicka today, the one that you'll want to look for is called the Ghastly Eyeball. It's a blue food, and all it is is magicka and magicka recovery. That's all it gives you. It doesn't give you any health or anything like that. So you yeah. want to allocate your your uh, attribute points accordingly. Usually it's about 30 points into health and 34 points into into magicka, and that will get you pretty much where you need to be. As long as you're sitting right around that 15.5 or higher for health, you're good. Because generally, whatever PvE content you're in, whether it's 4-man or 12-man, somebody's going to be wearing Ebon, more than likely. Um, but also, if they're not wearing Ebon, just keep in mind, because I know there's a lot of people out there that tell that tell a lot of players that you want to be, as a DPS, you want to be sitting around 18, 19k, or 16 to 19k, somewhere in there, whatever. I'm here to tell you this. A one-shot is a one-shot. Whether you have 19k health or you have 14k health, if you get hit by a one-shot because the tank lost aggro, or if you get killed from AoE because the healer's not keeping hots down, whatever the case may be, your health isn't going to matter in those situations. Um, and on top of that, if you are a DPS running 18 to 19k health, unless you're a necro, um, more than likely you're probably sacrificing some sustain to that. Uh, just 
you know, to get your health up that high. Um, so, me personally, all my tunes, they, they run outside of content, they run about 15.7 to 15.8k health. And I have no issues. Um, actually, a lot of a lot of cases when I'm pugging stuff, I'm the last alive. Uh, so don't let the health thing scare you. But again, if you want to run those cheese foods like I like the way that I do it, um, just remember pop your go ahead and use that ghastly eyeball, and then make sure your points are all reset so you have zero points all the way across your board. Um, take that food and then look at your points and put them where you feel you need to put them. Um, and with that being said, we'll go on to the uh, actual gear itself. You know, Magicka gear is pretty much the same. Um, you know, if, if you're just starting out, you just hit 160, you haven't, had an, you haven't really had the opportunity to get into trials yet, um, hit somebody up, have them craft you Julianos. Julianos is a great beginner set. You'll do some decent damage. Um, pair that with Mother Sorrow, or if you've already been starting to hit the dungeons, um, if you can get your hands on some Burning Spell Weave, something like that, grab that stuff up. Um, if you are CP160, you won't have the opportunity to get Zanzia unless you have a group of friends that can carry you through it because you can't queue for vet DLCs until you're CP300. Um, so if you don't have that option, um, you can get like Grothdar. Grothdar is a good one. It's really good for AOE damage. Um, I'm not sure if Valkyscoria, maybe. I, I can't remember if you can queue for Valkyscoria below CP300 on vet. Um, or City of Ash, sorry. Uh, City, that, that comes from City of Ash 2. Um, I think you can, but uh, yeah, if you can get your hands on Grothdar, Valkyscoria, Zons, um, if you're having a little bit of issues with um, survivability, uh, Ice Heart's a good one. Um, Engine Guardian's decent. Yeah, you know, there's there's a bunch of monster sets you can play around with that you can definitely uh, definitely check them out and read them. Um, once you hit that 300 mark and you start getting into those DLCs and you start getting into those trials um, for the Magic Warden, a really really good set and I mean a really good set is Necropotence. That is actually an Overland set. Um, and we'll get into this in a little bit but you're going to be running your bear as your ultimate and Necropotence gives you a boatload of Magicka when you have a pet active. Um, so if you can pair Necropotence with Burning Spellweave, mm, you hit like a truck. Now, if you're at that mid-max stage, the quote-unquote meta right now, um, and this is a sustained meta build, is perfected, uh, perfected false gods and mother sorrow wearing zons. Um, and don't forget about that maelstrom staff from uh, that maelstrom uh, veteran maelstrom arena. Whatever you're running, infernal staff or lightning staff, whatever, that inferno staff alone will get you two to three k on your DPS test. Uh, but 
me personally for parsing reasons um, I prefer Sororius over False Gods if you can sustain it. If you're a Breton, you'll have no issues. Um, if you're on that 21 mil and you're using the cheese food, a Breton has zero issue sustaining. Uh, Sororius and Mother Sorrow, you'll hit some decent numbers with that. Um, if you're not a Breton, um, if you're a High Elf, for example, you, you'll be able to sustain it, but you'll have to reallocate your attribute points more than likely. What you'll probably have to do is, if you have your attribute points set up the way that I do them, where you have 30 and 34, um, if you're a high elf, you'll probably have to go reset your attribute points, put all of your points into Magicka, and then do your parse with the cheese food. Um, and that is actually currently what I'm running into on my Stam Crow, because my, my Stam Crow is an orc, can't really sustain it, so what I have to do when I parse is put all my points into Stamina, which is kind of the reason why... A lot of people are going with the sustained races this patch instead of the mid-max races. Um, but this is still early, but supposedly we're getting a little bit of our sustained back next patch. So what I would suggest is make that mid-max race if that's what you want to do. If you're wanting to min-max and get that top tier DPS that you can possibly hit, go ahead and make that min-max race. Make a high elf, make an orc. Because next patch, if they do give us a little sustain back and you're able to figure out the sustain now, you will have a zero issue sustaining next, next patch. Now, with that being said, you don't have to go with those races. Um, because as we've reiterated so many times, this is your game. Play it the way you want to play it. Um, one of our friends, uh, from the Lore Seekers, um, community, they're playing a Magic of Warden, but they're playing as Bosmer, and it's working. They have spent the time, they have researched, and they have found the sets that work with that particular setup. And I have ran dungeons with him, and he's doing just fine. He's hitting fine numbers. He is hitting clearable numbers for vet four-man content and vet twelve-man content. Oh, good. Yeah, being a wood elf as a magic class. Um, right. And I know, I know a lot of people that play this game. Finding your quote-unquote main kind of lies in that race as well. Oh yeah, uh, that's not. And for um, this specific person, Wood Elves or Bosmers are his favorite race. So when he was able to actually make this work, he loved it. Like he is head over and heels in love with his character. And it took himself. It took a lot of self convincing for him to do it, but he finally did it, and he's so happy that he did. Um, Moving on to the rotation of this bad boy. So the rotation has changed a little bit from this patch compared to last patch. Um, this it, it's it's a, it's still kind of revolves around the same idea. So the abilities we're going to be using with this are um, uh, your deep fisher, your screaming cliff racer, your fetcher infection, degeneration, which degeneration comes from the mages guild. Uh, obviously unstable wall elements 
your Wencher's Revenge, which is the Warden's AoE. Um, you can use Channeled Accelerate or Barb Trap. Me personally, I like Barb Trap because I don't know how many times I'm doing a parse and <laughs> I just forget to reapply Channeled Accelerate or I don't want to because it, it has a cast time. Barb Trap lasts for a minute. Um, put it down every other rotation or every two rotations or something like that and you're good to go. But like I said before, we are running the bear. Both bars, keep that in mind. Just like a pet sork, you have to have the bear double barred because if you only have it on one bar and you bar swap, you will unsummon the bear. Now, the rotation to this bad boy, this patch, like I said, is pretty similar to last patch where we're kind of facing our entire... Um, rotation around Deep Fisher, around those beetles. Uh, oh, I did forget a ability, which is Soul Splitting Trap. So, what we're going to start with is your buffs. Make sure, you're, make sure your Betty notches up, your blue Betty. Um, if you are using Channel accelerate, accelerate, make sure that's popped. And again, as always, pop your uh, Spell Power Pot. Let it get down to about that mm, 23 to 20 mark for seconds and then start your rotation. Um, now when you start this rotation we're going to start off with the Winner's Revenge and keep in mind we're Light Attack weaving in between each of these abilities. So Winner's Revenge, Light Attack, Wall of Elements, Weapon Swap. Now that Weapon Swap with Wall of Elements you want to do it fairly quickly because once you, and once you practice with it you'll actually cancel the animation of Wall of Elements. So, like, you'll hit your Wall of Elements button and then bar swap right away and it'll almost look like there's just an explosion of fire on the ground. Your character won't really do a whole lot. But then you get on your front bar. Deep Fissure, Light Attack, Fetcher Infection, Light Attack, Cliff Racer, Light Attack, Deep Fissure, Soul Splitting Trap, Degeneration, Deep Fissure. So, as you can see, or hear, I guess better, <laughs> um, we're still sticking with Deep Fisher 2 abilities. And that's how it was last patch too. Um, because Deep Fisher, I think, takes three seconds to go off. And in those three seconds, you can you can put two abilities in there. Um, last patch, the only difference between this rotation and last patch's rotation was you started your rotation off with Fetcher Infection, bar swapped, did your AoEs, bar swapped. Uh, Fisher, Bird, Bird, Fisher, Bird, Bird, or Elemental Weapon, whichever one you were using. Um, now you can you can swap the Cliff Racer out for Elemental Weapon in this case as well if you want to. But keep in mind the passives. In the Animal Companion passives, for every Animal Companion ability you have slotted, you get damage. So your front bar which is going to be your quote-unquote your single target bar or your main damaging bar should have the most animal companion stuff that you can put on it and that does include your bear um, so again the rotation winner's revenge light attack element uh, wall of elements bar swap deep fissure light attack fetcher infection light attack cliff racer light attack deep fissure light attack soul splitting trap light attack Degeneration, Light Attack, Deep Fisher, Screaming Cliff Racer, Bar Swap. Super static, super, super easy rotation. Now, 
with this being said as this rotation. Okay, so this rotation in particular is Alcast's rotation. Um, if you were to use uh, Barb Trap instead of Channeled Accelerate, if you're on PC, easiest thing I can tell you, watch that timer. If you're on console, you're going to reapply Barb Trap every other rotation. So you'll go through everything I just said. Um, you'll want to buff the buff up, you know, quote unquote buff up with Barb Trap. So Betty Netch, Barb Trap, get on whatever AoE bar, wherever your AoE bar is at, and then start your rotation. And then you'll do a rotation, you'll come back through, do a rotation again, and at the end of that next rotation is when you're going to throw Barb Trap down so you can cancel it with Bar Swap. Because Barb, Barb Trap does have a little bit of an animation to it, and the more the more animation canceling you can get into, the better your DPS is going to be. Because obviously you're getting through your abilities a little bit quicker, which means you're putting out DPS a little bit quicker. And that is what we all shoot for, is that low time on that 21 mil. Um, really, this the Warden... Um, I actually did a little research before this uh, episode, and the Warden is, from what I've found out... The Warden is the second highest mag DPS in PvE right now. This patch. Um, number one being the mag DK. And it kind of falls in line with what they've been trying to do, where they've been trying to... Uh, oh, what's the word I'm balance. looking for? Balance. balance. Yep. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've been trying to balance everything. So the mag DK and the mag Warden are a couple K above everything else. But everything else below the Mag DK and the Mag Warden are right about the same. They're within a thousand DPS of each other, which is outstanding. Um, I'm super glad that the Mag Warden is up as high as it is on the tier. Um, just because when I played the Wardens, the Wardens were. They still weren't quite in their prime yet. I mean, last patch, Stam Wardens were doing really, really well. Um, but Mag Wardens, they weren't that bad. Um, and I actually was trying to hit a goal last patch on console of breaking 54k with my Mag Warden. Because if I could, from what I found anyways, through all YouTube, through a bunch of different discords I was in, if I could hit 55k or higher with my Mag Warden, I would have been one of the highest hitting Mag Wardens in the game. But I never got that far. <laughs> um... Got close, but didn't get there. But, um, yeah, so the rotation on this is fairly simple. Like I said, if you're going for the min-max, hit up that high elf. Uh, Breton is, right now, what is suggested. Um, and is there anything else? Uh, oh, oh, duh, oh my god, I almost forgot. The most important part of your rotation. Whenever that bear is available, use it. And that's going to count as an ability. So, for example, you do your AoEs. You got your Winter's Revenge, you got your Unstable Wall of Elements down. You hit Deep Fissure, Fetcher, and Infection, Cliff Racer, Deep Fissure. Well, now your bear's up. Your bear goes and plays a Soul Splitting Trap. So, Deep Fissure, Bear, Degeneration. Deep Fissure, Cliff Racer, Weapon Swap. You need to hit that bear as often as it pops up. Um, 
like I said, I haven't made a warden this patch, but last patch I did do a couple tests, and without using the bear, I lost like 4,000 uh, 4, DPS. Um, the bear is a huge part of your DPS, especially when you get down into execute phase. Um, and as far as execute phase goes, uh, since since we're on the 21 mil this patch and not really, not a whole lot of people are hitting that 6 mil or 3 mil because of the sustain issues, um, just keep your rotation going, keep your dots up, and just keep it going. Um, it used to be on like the 3 and 6 mil when you got that dummy down to like the 300k mark. Basically what you would do is you would keep your dots up, um, you would keep flying deep fisher, but you would just spam your birds. But that is for a different time now. Um, so yeah, I would just keep this rotation going. And the other, the second most important thing about this particular playstyle and this particular build is your Betty Netch. That Betty Netch needs to be up 100% of the time because the Betty Netch gives you your major sorcery. Um, and not only that, but is also a huge part of your sustain. Um, AOE wise, if you uh, um, if you're going for that, like if you're running four man content, so this particular setup that I just got done uh, talking about, perfected false gods and mother sorrow, which, like I said, me personally, I would go sororias and mother sorrow over false gods. Um, for four man content, that's not what I would run. Uh, I would run mother, I would run mother sorrow and perfected false gods for four man content. Um, but I would definitely pair that with like Rothdar, um, and throw your uh, under the Undaunted skill line. Throw that Necrotic Orb on your bar somewhere. Mm, you can probably replace uh, Fetcher Infection. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely yeah replace Fetcher Infection with Necrotic Orb because Soul Splitting Trap is a good AOE. Um, your Deep Fisher is a massive AOE, and then Necrotic Orb plus your Wall of Elements and your Winter's Revenge. Huge AOE damage. Um, the other thing that you can do is if you are having if, if if you're having some issues with damage and it's not really like this particular say this particular rotation isn't working, um, throw that bird of prey on your bar somewhere. Um, I used to double bar it. Uh, you can throw it on your front bar, but that bird of prey is. It's a nice little, it's got a nice little slotted passive. Um, Grant you minor berserk just for being slotted. Uh, so if you're missing out, if you feel like you're missing out on low DPS or whatever, you know, you can definitely try that. Uh, the other thing is um, medicinal use under your alchemy uh, crafting skill line. Make sure your medicinal use is rank three. Um, that will keep your spell power pots up basically 100 percent um if you are running a well it actually really doesn't matter uh for your weapons you want your front bar to be precise with a fire enchant um if you're running a fire staff um and then the back bar which should be your maelstrom staff um infused with the weapon damage enchant because they changed that a couple patches ago if y'all remember where elemental blockade or unstable wall of elements keeps that enchant procking 
just like uh, Endless Hail or Air Barrage does, um, which increases your spell damage by, what is it, like 400 and some, 400 and some change on an infused enchant? Yeah, something like that. Um, uh, all your jewelry, you want spell damage. Now, the traits on the, your jewelry is your call. Uh, me personally, I run three bloodthirsty. Uh, you can run two bloodthirsty, one infuse. You can run two bloodthirsty, one arcane. But I would definitely recommend at least having two bloodthirsty. That third bloodthirsty is not that huge of a difference. Um, you will go from I think it's if they're all gold, you're it's ten percent is what you're missing, which isn't massive, especially in like trial settings where the boss has enormous amounts of health um, and if it's if your jewelry is purple don't freak out about it it's literally a 3% difference if you're running all three bloodthirsty you'll go from 27% to 30% if your right. jewelry is not gold calm down <laughs> it's not a big deal uh, if you find that you're having some issues with sustain and you want to run three bloodthirsty go ahead and pop one of them spell damage glyphs out of there and put a magic recovery glyph on there um definitely a bunch of different ways you can play with it uh and biggest one that will help you in the end is that undaunted passive make sure you're running five one and one when you are on a magicka character uh if it's not like stam stam you know with the stamina uh, builds running medium armor. You want to run all seven medium pieces with the uh, light armor builds. There's no benefit to running seven light pieces, so run that five one and one so you get that extra health and that extra magicka, which is actually quite a bit. Um, it turns out being about 2,000 magicka and like 1,500 health. So if you're running that cheese food, that could bump you up to that 31, 32k range for your resources, and that could bump you up to that 16, 17k for your health, depending on what race you are. Um, yeah, that's about that's about it really for the for the uh, PVE side of things. Um, if you're wondering about foods, you can run the Artam Pickled Fish Bowl, Witch Mother's Potent Brew, or my personal favorite. Ghastly Apple. That's what I like to run because it gives you a shitload of sustain. Uh, for example, just off the top of my head here, my Magblade is a perfect example. My Magblade, I run, um, I run Sororius and Spellstrat with the Ghastly Eyeball. Uh, my points are allocated appropriately, and I have about 18, almost 1,900 uh, Magicka recovery. Um, so sustain for me is super super easy um so make sure you guys keep that in mind with that with those cheese foods uh stam or mag doesn't matter uh 30 points into health 30 points into mag sorry 30 points into health 34 points into mag or stam whatever whatever play style you're playing and you should be pretty good especially yeah should be pretty good there um with that being said i'm gonna turn this over to the Master of Destruction. Grim, what you got for PvP? So, PvP Magward in this patch is super strong. If you are encountering them in Battlegrounds, you're probably noticing that they have ridiculous sustain, they feel really tanky, and they hit a lot harder than before. That is because when they did the balancing, they really did definitely bump up their damage, um, and their utilities are some of the best in the game. So we'll break down. First, we'll start with some of the reasons why utility is really good. Um, they have some of the best utilities in the game. They're 
Uh, Ice Fortress gives major resolve, which is that 5,280 resistance, and on top of that you get a free minor protection, which is another 8% reduction to damage. So that is by far, I think, the best, or at least one of the best, major resolve buff utilities you can get, because you get 8% free as well. Uh, people will run Potentus just to get a 5% reduction of damage, so 8% for free just for a maintenance skill is ridiculous. Um, Blue Betty, another really good one. When you call it, restores 4,800 magicka over 24 seconds. It also gives you weapon and spell damage for 20%, and it removes a negative effect. So it is a free cleanse. That is the most power. Totally forgot yeah, about that. It is that. a free cleanse, so it's one of the best skills in the game currently. You can literally sp spam that sucker five times, it's going to heal you, give you stats back, and constantly give you 20% weapon and spell damage. So again. I also forget that. I don't mean to yeah, interrupt you. Um, also, with what he is saying, that Betty Netch is a free heal. It's not a big heal, but you can sit there and spam your Betty Netch and it will heal mm -hmm. you. And to explain why, where is the passive that does it? I forget which one. Anytime one of your anime companion skills ends, you are healed for 1,323 health, so when you spam cast it, it counts as ending at once. So you can actually get an extra 1,300 health back and cleanse over and over for free. No cost. So, super, super good. So again, some of the best utility in the entire game. Um, I count this as another utility, um, Bird of Prey. Movement for line of sight in PvP is one of the strongest things for your survival. So Bird of Prey is a castable 6 seconds of 30% uh, movement speed increase. Super powerful. Always, always have one on your front bar because you also get Major Berserk while it's slotted. So that's your damage bar. You're going to be on it when you're doing your damage rotation. That is a whole monster set you get just for having it on your bar. Because usually people have to run Slime Claw just to have that ability. So again, three of the best utilities in the whole game right now. So making them super strong. Um, their alts right now are ridiculous as well if you get the right morph. Um, they have great group play. Northern Storm, Twist a Violent Storm, dealing... Let me put my buff on, hold on. I'm on mine right now. A 5,000 damage every single second, reducing their movement speed by 40% so they can't get out of it once they get hit once. 15% increase of your max magicka for 30 seconds while it is in effect. And the final kicker that is absolutely ridiculous, you and all your allies gain major protection, reducing your damage taken by 30 per seconds for the duration of this cast. So you get extreme tankiness, snare, a max stat, and 5,000 damage a second. One of the best AoE alts in the game currently right now for group play. So if you're in Cyrodiil and you've got two people with that, and like a Nova and a couple of Necromancer pounds, you'll wipe a 20-man group like it's nobody's problem or business. Um, then if you want to flip into, let's see, for healing, again, great healing passives. Um, so we'll start from bar scratch for bars. So your damage combo should always be having your swarm on. That's a nice another chunk of damage. When the fetch flies rip through your enemy's flesh, they also take 8% more damage. So between swarm and birds of prey, you have 16% more damage you're dealing to people, which is ridiculous. Then you go right into your Deep Fissure, which is a 12k timed effect for Burst, and it gives you Major Breach, which is just ridiculous. So again, Major Breach, 16% more damage, 38% reduction of damage when your ult's on, walking tanks with huge damage on Magicka side. Um, deep Fissure, you want to time that, so right when it's about to go off, you're going to want to use your Flame Touch. Um, or Flame Reach, I should say, whichever one, I can't remember the morph, but that's your knockback, that does damage over time as well. 
followed by a crushing shock as your spam ball. Some people like Cliff Racer. I feel like it's too slow, so I never use it, but you can use Cliff Racer or Crushing Shock. So that's your combo, and again that is your Fisher into a Deep Fister timed effect, into a Stun with Flame Touch, and spam your Crushing Shock or Cliff Flavor. The one thing they don't have is an Execute, but their overall damage and pressure is so ridiculous they don't even need it. So you don't really feel that kind of stress. Um, on my front bar I do keep a one ward on front bar just so I have a way to kind of defend myself against some damage if I need to. Um, just as a little bit of utility. And then on your back bar again you have your Ice Fortress and your Blue Betty. Then um, the other two abilities I use are Arctic Blast. This got a huge huge buff this last recent. I think you see this patch or the one before. Envelop yourself. It's a f almost a 5,000 point heal. You can cast it. That's 5,000 health instantly. Um, and then another 500 every second for five seconds but that's not the strong part the strong part is while this effect persists the winds pulse outward dealing 1600 frost damage every one second so that is a huge hot of damage over time and then if it ticks on someone three times they get stunned for four seconds so it is ridiculous it is a aoe cast a heal and a free stun all in one ability um, so super good, last but not least, for a little bit of more health and upkeep. Leeching Vines, another insane ability. Grow Vines on yourself or your lowest health person. The Vines heal that person 2,000 health every single time you take damage and applies major lifesteal to the enemy. So every single time you take damage and damage someone, you're getting 2,630 health back a second. So their utility and health is ridiculous. Uh, healing Thicket, that's going to be your ult on your back bar. Uh, swallow healing force on target location, healing for 8,000 health instantly, and another 2,700 every second after that. Um, if you get the right morph, if someone walks out of it, they will continue to get the effect for 4 seconds on top of it. So those are what your bars are kind of going to look like. Again, that's my personal preference. There's a couple other abilities people like, and you can kind of flip-flop. Um, if you're noticing you're having a lot of like Sorks or Bow People, Crystallized Shield is super good. That is a 30k damage shield for three projectiles so that'll pretty much cancel anybody uh, that's going to be hitting you from a distance um, sustain you'll notice um, just like I talked about when you heal an ally with a green balance ability so every time you heal yourself you gain 250 magic or stamina back so you can count that always pretty much proccing as long as you have uh, one hot heal on yourself so that is 250 more 250 more magic recovery at all times just from your passives uh, armor wise, yeah, you always want to run light armor. Some of the gear setups I run, um, I'll go for an easy to access build and then a little bit more of a difficult one. So the easy access would be New Moons or Ruba Julianos. It's a solid set. It gives you your damage. Um, and then Bright Throat. Uh, Bright Throat is a really good set. Um, while you have a drink, buck at, drink, drink buff active, I can talk. Um, you get 1,884 Magicka and 141 Recovery, um, two lines of max mag in it already, and another line of recovery. So it's a very good max stat recovery set. Uh, Julianos, that is just basically 300 weapon damage, two lines of spell crit, and 1,000 Magicka. So solid beginner set. I like New Moons a little better. Let me pull that up for you. New Moons right now is probably one of my favorites. You get weapon and spell crit, weapon and spell damage. 1,487 physical and spell penetration, and another 580 weapon and spell damage. So in total, you're getting a 600 spell damage increase, 1,487 spell uh, penetration, and some crit. 
Um, the one downside is your abilities cost 5% more when you use it, but really that's not too bad. Uh, monster sets, blood spawns really really good. I pretty much use blood spawn and all my PvP builds. Oh, sorry, I needed a drink. And then blood spawn is pretty uh, pretty monstrous. Blood spawn right <laughs> now is crazy. So if anyone isn't familiar with it, every single time you take damage, you have a six percent chance to buff your defenses by six thousand two hundred. Uh, I think an eighty. I'm doing this off the top of my head, um, and that lasts for six seconds. And you also generate fourteen ultimate. This effect can happen every six seconds. So it has a chance to have almost a hundred percent uptime as long as you are taking in lots of damage. And the hots count for that. It's not direct damage. It's just damage plural. So Every little tick counts and can proc it. Um, my more complicated setup that you can also run is a 5, 5, 2, and 2. So what you do is you run three pieces of new moons on your body and have a destruction staff, like a fire staff of new moon. And then on your back bar, you're going to do like your shoes, legs, and necklace and a staff of lich. Um, and this allows you to have two rings of potentus, which is going to give you 5% less damage against, play against players, um, combining with your already 8% you're getting, and your alt you'll be at 43% or 41%, basically almost 40% uh, damage reduction, so you're going to be stupid tanky. Um, and what those two sets do, so new moons, I explained, huge damage. Lich, when you're below 33%, so let me pull it up right now, when you're recovery, where is it, ring of lich? So adds Magicka Recovery, a line of Max Magicka, Magic Recovery. When you cast an ability that costs Magicka while your resources are under 33%, your Magic re Recovery increases by 1,000 for 20 seconds. So basically, you hit really hard on your front bar, and then when your Magicka is low, you flip back on your back bar, and you use a utility ability, uh, utility ability, and it's going to give you an extra 1,000 recovery. So you're going to be really tanky, hit really hard, have great burst, have good sustain, and a lot of damage reduction. So for PvP right now, they are super strong. They're feeling great. Can run very viable different sets. I know some people also like, also I'll mention it, Necromancer over uh, Bright Throat er, is a, another really good set. A lot of people do like that for PvP as well. I just personally don't. Oh, you, you mean uh, Necropotence? Necropotence, thank you. Did I say Necromancer? Yeah. Oops. Yeah, Necropotence, which is uh, just all max magicka stats, because um, your Netch counts as a pet, most of your birds and enemies and cast cast as a pet. So as long as you're keeping your Netch up and don't let it drop, you're always going to have that extra 5,000. Um, so yeah, those are some pretty... Which, with the Warden, whether you're PvE or PvP, <laughs> and you're new to the game, get used to keeping that Betty Netch up 100% mm -hmm. of the time. Yeah, and it is a really nice one, because it's probably the most visibly noticeable when it goes away, because it literally floats around you and has a giant little tether on you, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. It's pretty obvious when it falls yeah, off. Yeah, that's <laughs> the one good thing. That's definitely one of the nicer, major uh, sorcery buffs you can have in the game that's just easy to telegraph and see. Um, is there any specific... Uh, <laughs> is there any specific... Um, race that you recommend? Oh yeah, uh, so for race, I personally really, really like, um, double check, uh, yes. Breton. I really, really like Breton. Uh, I'll tell you why. So Breton right now, I just really like it because this whole patch, as everyone knows, you feel really hard on sustain. 
Sustain is hard in PvP and PvE right now, and I really like how they increase your max magic by 2,000. They give you an extra 100 magic recovery, increases your spell resistance by 2,310, and that effect gets doubled if you get a Burning Shoulder Concuss, so that's 4,600 spell resistance. Um, and last but not least, the best one reduces your cost of your magic abilities by 7%. So as a whole, they are the king of sustaining right now. They just feel really, really strong um, when it comes to those long fights. Yeah, Bretons are... They're, they're the beasts in the magical world mm -hmm. right now. Breton, and like you said, um, High Elf. High Elf is another close second for me. I personally just like Breton better. Um, but both are perfectly viable. Uh, let's see, character points for slotting. I tend to keep it simple. I put all my points into magic every time I make a magic a character because I always feel like glyphs can make up the difference in balancing my stats where I want them to be. Um, that way you don't have to constantly respect your character stats. Um, again, that's personal preference. Yeah. Um, Mundus stones. Um, use those to your personal preference. Use them to balance out where you feel your stats might be lacking. So if you notice your recovery feels a little low to you, use you know, the boon, I think it's of the, uh, which one is that? There's a one for recovery, I can't remember the exact name, or the apprentice for spell damage, or if you feel like your max stats are low, you can use the max magic one. So that one's for just kind of for balancing. Um, every person's going to feel comfortable with a certain level of max health. I don't like to go any lower than 20k, I usually like higher 20ks, um, just because it just feels more comfortable and you're less likely to get burst down, um, especially in PvP, you kind of want a nice health pool, because if your health pool is too low and people surprise you with one good hit, they're going to put you in execute range and you're donezos, so. Yeah, uh, I think that's yep. the gist for me on mag. Um, and again, when you are in Battlegrounds or different things like that or Cyrodiil, your Falcon Swiftness is going to be your main source of damage mitigation, if you really think about it, because you can move so much faster in line of sight people so much better, and it's cheap. Like, I can cast it, and before it even runs out, my, my Magicka is fully back, so you can literally have 100% uptime of 30% movement speed on this character without stressing. And let's yeah. face it, it's and fun. it is very fun. Yes, you get giant giant wings, and then you just <laughs> fly around 100 miles an hour. It's just amazing. Uh, oh, and one last thing I will mention for those though, this will be really just for this patch. But if you really want to take it to the next level for yourself, instead of running Flame Touch or Flame Reach, um, run the Vampiric Drain. Right now, Vampire Drain is a huge, huge, huge strong hit, and you could bar swap cancel it, and it's a stun on top of it. So it's a stun top of a huge chunk of damage and you can basically bar stop cancel it for an instant cast i just learned that from you yep. the other day yeah so that one right now is actually the best in oh, slot nice. i've seen pretty much every mag den using that for pvp stuns because it's just it outperforms the fire i've seen mag blades yeah pretty much everyone any good magicka character right now now knows that's the the bee's knees uh magicka necromancers they'll be using it as well just it's hitting way too hard at the moment i think zas mentioned it's getting reworked with the new stuff so um it'll be good for a while though so you're still good i would run it but, Heck but yeah, yeah. For um me. any potions you recommend people carrying on them potions i tend to keep the same three with me at all times so you usually want a detection pot with a either health or magic or health and stamina um, you can also do a tripod, which is just health, magic, and stamp pots. And last but not least, the unstoppable 
uh, usually Magicka and Health, and those are the three that I tend to cycle through when, depending on which situation. If it's an overall, I'm always using my Tripods. If I'm about to 1vx, I usually like my Unstoppable Pot because it keeps me from getting stunned a little longer, uh, and we all know why we have Detection Pots. <laughs> People like me. People like yeah. you. For all those Nightblades that just want to run away from you for 20 minutes and drive you nuts, swap over, get a little step back and say, get the heck over here, you little... <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and then of course Impen. Impen pretty much on everything. Impen on every piece of gear. Uh, Julie traits, um, I tend to do Arcane. I don't usually mess around anything other than Arcane. Um, some people like to run like one Fused or two Infused. Um, and then for the Glyphs, I usually do Spell Damage, Spell Damage, and one Reduction of Cost to make up for your new moons. That way it completely cancels it so it doesn't really feel like it's going sustain issues and your weapons on your back bar you want oh and oh, sorry yeah uh front of staff front bar rest of staff back bar duh. um back bar you want your weapon and spell damage glyph so when you light attack you get an extra 300 damage uh, spell damage for five seconds um usually you want your rest of staff infused so when you hit that it's actually going to be 400 um and then you flip onto your front bar and you've got your sharpened right throat inferno staff if you can get one they're expensive but they're worth it that's everything. That's all I got, boys. Yes, that is, that is a very good cover of the PvP side of things. Yeah. And, uh, Jared, uh, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I was just gonna throw a couple, like, overland... With a few good overland sets to... Like, if you're just out there trying to go against some world bosses, or you're doing public public dungeons or that, that kind of thing, you run and delves, what are some good sets there? Um, and of course, that's that's about the same that Mission was talking about, where a great combination is obviously your Necrobotans and your Mother's Sorrow. Mm -hmm. That's a great combo with a monster helm of, helm of either Valkansporia or Grothdar, of course. Just kind of depends on your personal playstyle, but yeah, it's just kind of a it's a fun class to play, and um, I think I think that was a pretty good that was pretty thorough coverage. Yeah, absolutely. And like Grim has said, and like I said, Mag Wardens right now they're they're hard hitting classes right now. Uh, they're a hard hitting class. Um, so if the nature kind of vibe is something you're looking for, and you also like mid-maxing definitely give them a whirl they're a great class yeah yeah um, definitely yeah uh, if nothing else if neither one of you guys have anything else to say about the warden go ahead and jump on into the dungeon of the week yeah but what do you got for us for the dungeon oh as we said earlier Arcs Carinium now oh. this dungeon, I just I I still don't know why. Maybe it's because it's Jennifer. I don't know. I don't like it. It's the only dungeon in this entire game that I do not like. <laughs> um, I don't like the length of it. It seems it's almost like it's it's too easy of a dungeon to be this long. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just kind of an annoying dungeon. But regardless, this is still ESO, and I still love it so. 
here we go. We're going to cover the bosses, the monster set, and the hard mode. Um, and your bosses in here are Fanged Menace. Oh, God. Ganactin the Tempest. <laughs> I guess that's how you say that. <laughs> Perfect. Um, say exactly. Uh, Silk. Slick Lean. Oh, my God, Zoss. Why? <laughs> To make it work for Lenia. <laughs> yeah, Slicklenia the songstress. That's not even real. <laughs> Matron Ixnian. Oh my god, what is wrong with these names? Ancient Lurcher. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> and then the, <laughs> the final boss is Celestrix, the Lamia Queen. Um, so the very first boss is Fang Menace. Um, nothing to it just stack and burn this old gal uh, got some frontal cone attacks that will cause a knockback and da damage severely any player caught in it as says wiki um, does have an AOE poison attack that absorbs health if you're hit by it um, other than that really if the tanks doing his job his or her job um, you shouldn't have a whole lot to worry about here. Uh, Ganactin the Tempest, I believe, is Ganactin the Wamasu. I believe so, yes. Don't oh, wait. Me. Fanged Menace. That's that stupid snake. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to let you all know this. If you're ever running a dungeon with me, and this, this is the first boss. It's been a while since I've ran this dungeon, so bear with me. This boss will, it's a, it's a giant snake, it will curl up, <laughs> like, like, like a snake yep. does, you know, coil up, and I swear to Stendar himself, if you're running dungeons with me, and you're standing <laughs> in that AOE, I will scream at you at the top of my lungs, <laughs> because you're healing yeah. him. Yeah, it's pretty much an instant yeah. heal. If you stand in that for more than like three or four seconds, it gets all of its health back. It's a ridiculously fast it's slice a deal. Massive yeah. heal. Yes. And nothing. That's, that's frustrating when you're pro game. <laughs> <laughs> nothing gets under my skin than that. <laughs> like that. Oh my god. It is a AOE. Why are you standing in it for one? For two. You're going ham on this thing, and you ain't doing a damn thing to it, and you can't put two and two together. <laughs> and for three, you got group chat blowing up and get out of the goddamn circle. Yeah. So, again, don't stand in his AoE when he's curled up, because you are going to heal him, and you are going to frustrate some people. Anyways, Ganact in the Tempest. Um, this is the Wamasu. I love Wamasus. They're probably my second favorite? Maybe third. We'll get to that later. Um, so he has some pretty cool, simple mechanics. Uh, the tank obviously is going to do his little poke and tickle, um, get his attention, but Ganactin will <laughs> he'll send out this AoE. And I think there's like, let me, one, two, three, four, five of them, maybe six. Not 100% sure. But they're, they're small little AoEs that come out from him. 
Uh, and if you get caught in that, it stuns you like you're being tased because it's electricity. You're, you're locked in position for a little while. Now somebody can come over and uh, release you. Probably won't happen, but somebody can. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot of health. He's pretty easy to kill. But he does have a, a lightning breath that he does. Uh, as long as you're not one of those DPS that stands behind the tank, you'll be fine. But again, this is a kind of tank and spike type of fight. Um, the next one is Slicklenia the Songstress. I believe this is a... Uh, that's the boss by the lever, I think, right? That has its little pet that comes with it, and that's... Yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, this, this boss is super easy. Um, literally just going to grab your aggro. The tank's going to grab aggro. Um, at, at a certain point in time, I don't know if it's percentage or if it's timed or whatever it is, but she's going to move kind of like to the middle of the area that you guys are fighting. A big yellow dome is going to come up because she's going to start screaming in pain or whatever she's screaming for. Um, says she sings. Sounds like she screams. But um, Now, a lot of people will run into the bubble because you won't take any damage if you run into the bubble. But also... It doesn't do that much damage. A healer can heal mm -hmm. you through it. Everybody just stay out of the bubble. Keep damaging the boss. Now, a big thing here is do not kill the boss. Or, sorry, don't kill the, the boss's pet. Yep. pet. Um, the pet is actually beneficial to you guys because um, it minimizes the damage that you take when the boss yeah. sinks. Well, the, the bubble is um, around the that's pet. That's actually yeah. where that... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's where the shield actually comes yes, into play. So if you if you are utilizing the shield, don't kill the pet. Otherwise, you won't have a shield. Um, but like I said, you don't need the shield. You'll be fine. Um, next boss is Matron. That's it. I'm not pronouncing the next word. Matron. <laughs> um, this is a uh, uh, a little Lamia, and the only thing that one thing that she really does is she has this big AOE that grows or that comes up and there's actually one AOE inside of another AOE as long as you're either out completely or in that outer AOE it doesn't really hurt if you're in that center AOE it knocks you down and it does actually do quite a bit of damage um, she does have a few adds you need to take care of but for the most part it's it's whatever it's a it's it's a mini boss, basically. Um, the next boss is the Ancient Lurcher, which, again, he's got some AOEs or uh, some ads around him. Um, he will randomly target a player with a green beam that does a lot of poison damage. Um, I can't remember. Is that the one that can be interrupted? Uh, I can't remember. Honestly, it's been a long time since I've done it myself. He has. He has interrupt. Okay. But I can't remember which yeah. one it is. Um, but I mean, for the most part, it's most of these fights are tank and spank mm -hmm. anyways. Um, if you do happen to see the interrupt, uh, make sure you get it. Um, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't rage and uh, he, he enrages and lightning turning. He's never lived that long. <laughs> um, and he does have a bunch of ads. And then you move on to old Celestrix the Lamia Queen. 
so this boss can be made harder than what it really is, depending on how you wish to do it. If you wish to do it the hard way, then don't tell your tank how to tank it. If you want to do it the right way and the easy way, go ahead and let your tank know this. If you want to kill this boss in a timely fashion, make sure that the, this boss is in the water and not on land. Every time she is put on land, she gets a 400,000 damage shield that you have to burn through in order to actually hurt her. If she's in water, she gets no shield. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, she will charge a random player and scream in your face. Don't know why, but she likes to do that. Uh, the water will get lightning in it. There's, there's two phases. The water will be filled with lightning, so the DPS needs to, DPS and the healer need to get on the islands. Tank, as long as the healer's paying attention to you, you can stay in the water. Um, and then the opposite happens, where like the ceiling's kind of caving in on you, kind of. So you want to get off the islands and get into the water. But either way, whatever is going on, that tank should be holding Celestrix in the water. It's. I think, you know what, I think this is why I don't like this dungeon. Because so many times I run into people that heal the first boss, and I run into so many people that won't hold Celestrix in the water. I think that's why I don't like this dungeon. Because this dungeon is a very quick dungeon, if done right, and done the way that it's supposed to be done. But for people that aren't paying attention, it takes forever. Um, keep in mind the... Uh, shut up, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> keep in mind the... Uh, Lightning in the water does do quite a bit of damage, and when the ceiling's falling down and you're standing in it, that does quite a bit of damage too. And so does her frontal cone scream that she does. Um, there is on this boss, even though we're still kind of early in the dungeons, there is on this boss quite a bit of damage going around. If you're not paying attention as a DPS, some of the stuff can and will kill you. Um, the hard mode for this, I, I really, I, she gets more health maybe. The, the shield's bigger if she's on land, maybe? Yeah, I think it's that, the general one. Um, I think it's more health, a little more damage, and that shield does get bigger. Yeah. There's really... Nothing to be... You know what? This is so weird. Okay, so next time anybody's in here, I want you all to try this, because I'm sure going to. After she does her scream... So this... Me, me and the boys were talking about this before the show because somebody made a reply to this um, to this wiki page, and it's actually in the wiki itself under the strategy now that I'm reading it. Um, it says, after the scream, boss needs to be taunted five times or boss attacks random person. I've never tested this, because this is literally the first time I've ever heard or read anything about this. Um, but next time you're in Arctocranium, give that a whirl. See if that keeps her from attacking a random person. I don't understand. Boss needs to be taunt five times or boss attacks a random person. Yeah. Apparently, if you poke it five times, it won't attack a random person, I'm, I'm assuming. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, give it a whirl. See if it, see if it, see if it works. I know I'm going to. Um, but for the most part... It's just pay attention to what you're doing. 
keep her in the water, don't stay in, don't stay in the AoEs, don't stay in the lightning water, and the hard mode, like I said, there is a scroll, read that scroll, and a little more damage, a little more health, you'll get through it just fine. Also, this is uh, more of a fun fact, there's a lore book in that room. Um, right before you get actually up to Celestrix, where she's standing on the right-hand side, there's a lore book in there. Uh, yeah, the, um, the sets out of here are dog shit. <laughs> well, I take that back. The Undaunted Infiltrator is not a bad set. I think, I think Zynode actually has a build that utilizes this, and it's a pretty cool set now that I, uh, remember. Um, your two and three piece are both max magicka. Your four piece is a weapon crit, which that doesn't mean nothing um, for mag characters. The five piece, when you use an ability that costs magicka, your light attacks deal an additional 774 damage and heavy attacks deal an additional 1161 damage for 10 seconds. That's right, I remember this build now. So he was running this, I believe, on a pet sword with a heavy attack rotation using this set. And obviously, you know, that heavy attacks deal an additional 1,161 damage. On a crit, that's gonna be that's gonna be a pretty heavy, heavy attack. Um, other than that, the other two sets are Lamia's Song and Medusa. They're pretty sure they're both basically trash. Uh, Lamia's Song, you get max mag, max mag, mag and then magicka recovery. And then when you activate your ultimate, you heal you and your allies within 20 meters of you for 30 health per point of the ultimate cost. Actually, that's not a bad set. That's actually a pretty interesting set. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever read that one before, but that could be a massive-ass heal. I've heard of it. I've just never tried it myself. Um, more than again. Maybe. I'm actually, I'm thinking of, uh, like, the Warden's Trees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you if you let your ulti get up pretty high, just hypothetically say it gets up to 500, you get 30 health per point of ultimate used. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. That could be alright. No, never mind. 30 health, so what would you do? Divide 30 by 500? Yeah. Which would be not much. Never mind. Forget I said anything. That's that sounds <laughs> Uh, the other set is Medusa, which is max health, max mag, and 129 spell damage. Five piece gain minor force at all times, increasing your crit damage by 10%. Um, yeah, we have abilities that do that for us. Thanks, Medusa. Alright, now the piece that I've been procrastinating getting to. Celestrix, the monster helm. Uh, the one piece gives you 1096 max, mag, or max stamina. The two-piece, when you deal damage, you have a 10% chance to create an earthquake under the enemy that erupts after 1.5 seconds, dealing 5,030 physical damage to all enemies within 4 meters and stunning them for 3 seconds. This effect can occur once every 5.5 seconds. So, meh, it's, it's okay. Um, I could see it maybe being played with in PvP a little bit just because it's got that CC, but I don't know, the chances of actually hitting somebody with it are probably slim to none. Um, but if it is something you want to look for, 
uh, you can get the shoulder pieces out of Deliri on the red beard's chest. And yeah, you can have fun uh, playing with that. And I believe, my friends, that's it. That's Arcs. That is Arcs Cranium in a nutshell. A long nutshell, but a nutshell. Alright. Anything to add, fellas? Uh, I will add this. As I was sitting here kind of thinking to myself, I forgot to mention some backup monster sets uh, for Warden for PvP. Um, and and mm -hmm. actually PvE as well if you play solo. So Ice Hearts, I feel, is very underrated. Uh, Ice Hearts is a really... Ooh, yeah, Ice, Ice Hearts, Hearts is a solid set. It is um, basically got the chance for 100% uptime. Um, every single time you do critical damage, you create a damage shield around yourself. I believe it's either for 6k or 8k. And you also do almost a 1,000 damage tick while it's active as well. And this happens every uh, 6 seconds. It can happen every time you do a crit. So has a chance to be 100% uptime, constant shield over yourself, and a constant tick of damage. And it's icy, so it just feels really good on a warden, because it just fits that role of ice range. So I really like that one, um, and then as another one that's just choking. And that's it for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, those are some really good monster sets to choose from. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they flow, they flow nice and they just fit it well. But other than that, I feel pretty confident that's that's Magsork, uh, or Magsork, <laughs> I'm looking at my Magsork as I say that. That's Magwarden in a nutshell. <laughs> um, they also do make, I should point out, really, really strong uh, healers. So, like, I should throw out a real quick build for you. So, for a Magicka healer, you can do, you usually want heavy armor with Seducer, because it gives you that nice high stats for defense and reduction of cost. Uh, Transmutation or Spell Power Cure are two solid sets uh, for healing, and then Earth Core or Chokethorn. And that's a real quick, you know, healing setup for you that you can run uh, for some PvP healing as well, because they are very, very solid PvP, PvP healers. Oh, and mm -hmm. PvE. Uh, the, the Warden as a healer brings so much group utility, it's yep. not even funny. Yes, uh, but yeah, that's it for me, boys. Alright, well, Mission, what do you think? Uh, my friend, I think that's an episode. Uh, right. well, uh, where can they find the podcast, and where can they find you? Well, as you all know, you can, uh, I basically don't have anything, like, I don't have, like, a personal Twitter or a personal Twitch. Um, I basically just kind of manage the, uh podcast twitter which you can find us at brothers of tam on twitter um you can come over follow us and check us out on twitch at twitch.tv forward slash brothers of tamriel podcast and of course emails brothers of tamriel podcast at gmail.com yeah um we want to hear from you your compliments your non-compliments your insults <laughs> your insults whatever you want to yeah. We want to hear from you guys. Yeah, uh, you got different builds you want us to go ahead and showcase on the show. Let us know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, J Rum, what about you, my man? Where can I find you at? Uh, you can find me. I stream about every day. I'm over at Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash J Rumberg. Um, I'm pretty much J Rumberg everywhere. Uh, my user ID is J Rumberg too. You guys can feel free to add me, and I can help help you out here and there. Do we can run some stuff together? Um, 
my Twitter is at Jeff Another Shot, so feel free to add me, and uh, you can stay up to date to the latest on all the latest uh, morning updates and stuff that I do, and uh, the latest Brothers of Tamriel stuff. Grim, how about you? Where where can they find you at? So for me, I have got a little bit of everything. I've got a Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, all of them under the same name, which is Grim G R I M space Fate F A T E two five five five. You can reach me on any one of those. I do plan to start streaming soon. Just getting my setup done, and and my at name is also at Grim Fate two five five five. And same thing for me, email grimfate2555 at gmail. Any of those you want to reach me out, ask me any kind of PvP questions, want to run groups, just hit me up. Perfect. Alright. Also, did you mention we have a guild? Oh yes, we do have a guild. In-game guild. Um, feel free, we have a minimum CP of 300, and feel free to send the applications in. You can find us, we're Brothers of Tamriel. Uh, in game, again, check us out, and we'll take a look at your application and put it through the old filter and go from there. Oh yeah, yep. Um, if you need to get a hold of any of us, uh, you know, yeah, J Rum on uh, here on PC. Mine is Mission XX Maniac, and Grim is Grim Fate Two Five Five Five, right? Yeah, mine's J Rumber Two. J Rumber Two, that's right. So many J Rums. <laughs> but yeah, folks, thanks for joining us as usual. And uh, yeah, travel safe, fight hard. Bye bye. Take it easy.